Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1041 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important to have a proper perspective of today's current event. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the culture of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesdays, reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. The Ten Commandments have had a huge impact on our world and our culture. Do we really know all the details about how they came to be? Well, in today's essay, we will explore a passage that shows that Charleston Heston had company. When we hear Moses' law, we think about the story we heard in Sunday school, or the scene from the movie The Ten Commandments where Charleston Heston, who played the role of Moses, gets two stone tablets from God. But what if I told you that Moses and God weren't alone? It may come to a surprise, but the New Testament tells us in three places that the law was delivered by angels, members of God's divine counsel. Here are two of those passages. The first one is Acts chapter 7, verses 52 and 53. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law even though you received it from the hands of the angels. And then also in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through the angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. I was pretty shocked the first time I saw and recognized these verses, and I certainly hadn't heard about them in church. So what passage in the Old Testament were they quoting? That's the second jolt. There isn't a clear reference to it, or at least not in the Old Testament that we use. The New Testament writers didn't invent this idea, though. They got it from Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 2 through 4, in the Septuagint, or the Greek translation of the Old Testament. The Septuagint more clearly connects angels to the law than the traditional Hebrew text upon which our English translations are based. So they were using a translation. Well, we can understand that, but that's not the end of the story. It gets a bit stranger. The third New Testament passage that talks about the law and the angels is found in Galatians chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. And this time it isn't just a crowd of angels with Moses and God. And here's those verses. Why, then, was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show the people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. 
In Galatians chapter 3:19 informs us that there was a mediator between God and the angels when the law was given. Most scholars assume that this was a reference to Moses, but why didn't Paul just say that? And why did he repeat part of the creed of Israel from the Shema, which is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 6? In this passage it says, God is one. The mediator was likely the angel of the Lord, the Old Testament version of God in human form. Paul emphasizes that God is one, to keep the Galatians from being confused about his viewpoint. So the God of Israel met Moses in human form. But where is the embodied God in the story of the giving of the law? Moses answers this question in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 10. The Lord gave me two stone tablets on which God had written with his own finger all the words that he had spoken to you from the heart of the fire when you were assembled at the mountain. Human physicality, in this instance the finger, is applied to God, who is an embodied spirit that we know from John chapter 4, verses 24 and Isaiah chapter 31, verse 3. The God of Israel came to Moses in human form, just as he had before, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush. And that can be found in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and Acts chapter 7, verse 35. We find support for this proposal in the words of Stephen, who, in the same speech where he said the law was given by angels, tells us that the angel spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai in Acts chapter 7, verse 38. Some biblical scholars would purport that the angel mentioned by Stephen is the pre-incarnate Christ, who is also our mediator. And as much as I love the Ten Commandments movie, the book, which I'm referring to the Bible, is more fascinating than the movie itself. And that will conclude our essay for this week. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue in the New Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, When Abraham Met Jesus. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live that rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,040 treks or read the wisdom journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life, Together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey. And then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.